0: Good morning Bridge. How y'all doing this morning? Good I'm Pastor Rob I'm one of the pastors here at Bridge and I'm so glad that you are joining us this morning and whether you're joining us in online or in person. we're so glad that you' are here uh, on a nice brisk Sunday morning in January at Bridge Community Church. Thanks for being here with us. Um, I want to start this morning off um, is it okay if we have a little bit of fun in church? Is that okay? Is that okay? So today's going to be fun. See, I got lots of things on the stage, which is different than normal. And uh, But first, I want to first say thank you so much for those of you who were with us last time. You know that Christy, when I spoke last time, you know that Christy is pregnant. And um, yeah, it's awesome. But she's doing well. She's doing great, actually. The doctor used the words above average, which is awesome. Like, that's really good. So she's doing really good. And so I want to say thank you for those who are praying with us and journeying with us. I wanted to give you a little bit of update. So our doctor's office has this really cool, like, ultra-high-definition uh, ultrasound. And um, so, so I wanted to share a picture with you um, of, of the baby that they showed us at the doctor's office. And <laughs> see, it looks just like me. Perfect. I'm just kidding, that's a card that we received. Uh, the baby doesn't have a beard yet, but it is a boy, so there is hope, and uh, chances are very high. And uh, so, thank you so much for journeying with us, and uh, yeah, you can take that off the screen because I'm distracted by it <laughs> anyhow. Um, it's uh, it's so good. So thank you guys so much for praying with us and journeying with us, And uh, and we just just the indebtedness that we feel to you guys as a church and as our family. We, are, we so appreciate that. Um, so this morning, we're in week three, two of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we're starting the, the second week of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and Day 10 of our Romans reading plan, if you're journeying with us, and I hope that you're journeying with us. I hope that you heard in the announcements about the 30-day reading plan, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope that you're taking that journey with us to set aside time, the beginning of the year, to focus on spiritual growth and and focus on on seeking and hearing from God. And this Wednesday is a a prayer night that is such an awesome opportunity to be encouraged right in the middle of of our prayer and fasting time, and so so join us Um, in in that and uh, it's a great opportunity to just be spiritually encouraged during this during this month and uh so this morning uh we're gonna dive in we're in our series called rooted um we're journeying through the book of romans over multiple weeks and and um you know i love how romans has been really like a foundation to the christian faith and i don't know about you but i've actually i've i've so enjoyed the series and so if you've missed the message or um you're joining us for the first time this morning, I would, I would encourage you to go to our website. You can listen to audio. You can see the links for our YouTube and Facebook page to watch video and, and, and catch up with us. Because uh, you don't want to miss a piece of the journey. You don't want to miss a piece of the journey through the book of Romans. So this morning we're in Romans 6. And uh, would you turn with me to Romans 6? We're going to start in verses 1 to 14. And this morning uh, we all have something in common. Everyone in this room, we have, we have something in common. I know that every, everybody in this room or online, you, you're you all in a different maybe place in your faith journey. Some of you might be discovering what faith is, might be trying to figure out what a relationship with Jesus is all about or what what it means to be a believer. Some of you might be new to your faith journey. You've given your life to Christ or started a relationship with him, you know, in the past few months, few weeks, uh, maybe, maybe uh, even just the past year. And some of you might have been, serv- might be, might have been serving God for a long time. See, it doesn't matter where you're at on your faith journey. There's one thing that we all have in common, both believer and non-believer, both new to faith and more mature in faith. And that is that we all struggle with sin. We all struggle with, with sins. And, and sin is what separates us from God. Sin is rooted in selfish human desire. It causes us to disobey God's commands and, and re, re, God's commands, and regardless how it affects others, and sometimes how, regardless of how it even affects ourselves, it leads to rebellion against God and against his word. Sin leads to physical and spiritual death that can only be nullified by faith in Jesus Christ and his redemptive work on the cross. And so Paul this morning in chapter 6 is addressing an issue in the Romans church that the church believes that they can continue to live in sin and be okay in God's in God's eyes. So this morning we're going to talk about a very popular topic in church: sin. Is that okay? So we're going to talk about sin this morning. And so uh, let's go ahead and read. Um, we're going to read all fourteen verses up front, and then we're going to break it down um, together. So Romans six verses one to fourteen. It's going to be on the screen this morning. It says, "What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase?" We have been united with him in a death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled so the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that this morning that you would use me to communicate clearly uh, your word that you have have placed on my heart this morning. God, I, I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you have for us. God, would you... Open our hearts to receive your word. And God, give us the boldness this morning to be obedient and walk it out. We give you this morning, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot going on here in these 14 verses. There's a big portion of the Scripture, a big portion of scripture and, and there's a lot going on. But Paul is addressing the believer in the room who continues to struggle with sin. And let's just be real here for a moment. Everyone struggles with sin. Believer, every believer struggles with sin. If you don't struggle with sin, don't struggle with temptation, you don't struggle with, with, those, with, with things that aren't of God, would you please talk to me afterwards? Because I'd like to know how you do it and what that looks like. Because everyone struggles in different ways. For some, it's a temptation that comes and goes. And for some, it's almost like a bad habit that you just can't kick. You just can't cannot cannot get over. It. You cannot cannot break it. Maybe anger, lust, language, gossip, materialism, greed, pride. All of those and some level on some, on some level everyone deals with sin. And maybe as a believer this morning, you're sitting here and, and you're reading Romans 6 and you say you say It says that because you're in Christ, you've been set free from sin. And some say, maybe it doesn't feel like it. You might sit there and go, man, you know what? It says that I've been set free from sin, but, you know, it just does not feel like I have been set free from sin. Or you say, I don't feel like I'm completely free. Or you say, I'm glad that maybe you feel like you're free, but I'm not really truly free. I'm a believer, I do everything. Maybe I read the Bible, I pray, I go to church. Maybe I'm even involved. And I know that Christ has forgiven my sins, but for some reason I still struggle. I still struggle in that sin. And there's one truth that Paul gives us in chapter 6 that it can be the foundation that changes every one of us. The one truth that doesn't always seem to be real in our lives And it comes from verse 2. It says, We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And here's that truth we are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. Our old nature that we inherited from Adam, if you're a believer this morning, you're a Christian this morning, it's dead. The old self is dead. You are new, and you have a new life, and a new way of living, and a new path. And a new way of dealing with sin. And so this morning, I want to look at three instructions that Paul gives for living in victory over sin. Um, Our changed life, living in victory over sin. So the first one is this. Stop and remember that you have changed. Nice little traffic light. Remember that you have changed. Romans 6.3 says, "Or Or don't you know... That all of us who were baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized until his death? See, the first instruction isn't a do this or do that. The first instruction is to understand something. He says, remember something that you already know. See, he's talking to believers. When he's writing this scripture and he says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized into death? This is something that these people in the church would know. They knew that Jesus had died on the cross for their sins. This was something that he's saying, remember this. Remember this. Stop and remember that God has changed your life. That God has changed you. Remember that you have been changed. If you are a believer, you have a relationship with Jesus. You have been changed. So often we resort to to doing something, right? Like We feel like, okay, I'm struggling in sin, or I have to do this thing. or I'm a believer. I've given my life to Christ. Now there's like This list of things that I have to do. And we go straight to maybe the green light, right? And we forget to stop. And we just go straight to green and we start doing. We start going. And you say, I've done this and I do this and I've tried this. And yet I still struggle with sin. See, the issue isn't what we have done or what we can do. It comes down to what Christ has done in you. We need to stop and remember what Christ has done in you. This is on the screen this morning. I believe that the solution isn't to begin to do things differently. It's not behavior modification. It's to remember the truth. And it's the truth of who you are in Christ. We need to remind ourselves of what is really true. We need to remind ourselves that we are changed. We can't act out of who we are until we understand whose we are. And Paul here in the rest in the, in the next few verses paints a picture of water baptism, and, and when we see water baptism in scripture, and we, we practice water baptism here at here at Bridge, it's, it's complete immersion, right? Like you, I mean, you guys have seen do a water baptism here at Bridge, right? Like everybody goes under the water, right? You guys with me this morning? All have done water. We've seen water baptism. You go completely under the water, right? And, and you go completely immersed, completely under the water. And when you come up out of the water, you are completely wet. And Paul says, don't you know that all of us who, have been, who were baptized are completely immersed into Christ Jesus, were also baptized or completely immersed into his death. And oftentimes that we forget that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that all of the old is gone and everything is new. When we were completely given over to Jesus Christ, we forget that all of us, for an illustration, go completely into the water, our whole body. And all of us come up completely wet. Not just a piece of us. Not just a part of us. We live as if we forget that, hey, you know, there's my arm. That, you know, that one thing that I struggle with is sin that wasn't completely given over to Christ. But all of us is given over to Christ. Verse 6 and 7 says this. It says, For we know that our old self was crucified... With him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. It's done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. The old is dead because you weren't just baptized into Jesus Christ, but you were baptized into his death. You were immersed in Jesus. So when Jesus died on the cross, because you have accepted him, because we have a, you have a relationship with him, our sin is dead as well. Our sin was nailed to that cross as well. Our, all of our old self was crucified with him. And our sin was completely done away with. And Paul's saying stop. And remember that. Remember that point. That our sin is gone because of, what the, because of the cross. And that we have been set free from sin. But not only that our our." Not only, dead to, not only are we dead to sin, but we've been given a new life. The relationship with sin that we used to have is completely and irreversibly changed. And the message paraphrase says, says, illustrates it like this. It says that when you are in Christ, or whenever you are, when you are given over to Christ, or you are baptized into Christ, that you've left the country where sin was sovereign... We've left an old country of sin behind, and we've entered into a new country of grace, of new life, a new land. So it's like our location has completely changed. When you give your life to Christ, it's not like, oh, I'm going to leave part of my body in one house, and I'm going to move to the other house. You've ever moved before? Like you moved across this, across town. Chrissy and I moved four years ago, right? Like it wasn't like part of me stayed here, and the, just the rest of my body moved with my family to the other house. No, we, my whole body moved to the other house, right? Like I physically changed locations. And that's what happens spiritually. We physically change locations when we give our life to Christ. So, the question is which country do you live in? Oftentimes, spiritually, we're in the new country, right? But our mindset is that of the old country where sin reigned. Remember that you have been changed, it's a new mindset. Paul in Romans 12 says Paul in Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is exactly what must take place. We have to remember that we are in a new country. You are in a new position. That you're not a slave, but you are free. That you have a new identity. That is not your old self, but that of a child of God. That your life is no longer filled with sin, but is filled with the Holy Spirit. You are no longer obedient to sin, but obedient to the word of God. We have to remember, we have to stop. And remember that we are changed. How many of you guys have ever seen a dog with like an, like an invisible fence, right? You guys ever seen those before? Like how many of you guys have one of those? Okay. It's okay. It's not cruelty to animals. It's okay that they have shocker collars on. You can raise your hand. Okay. Some of you identify that. Well, my grandparents have this dog and her name's Sadie. And So as a puppy, they got one of these invisible, invisible fences, right? So they put the collar on the dog, and you know how this works. Whenever they cross, As soon as the dog crosses the invisible fence line, they get zapped, right? Not like real bad, like just enough to say, hey, you're, doing some, you're in some place that, that you shouldn't be. You're, you're in an area you, you shouldn't go into. And um, after a few years of using it, they literally shut off the invisible fence. Shut it off completely. They put the collar on the dog, and the dog still wouldn't cross the fence line still wouldn't walk and go out of the yard. The power's off, but the dog doesn't know or understand. And even though the dog is free and the power of the fence has been shut off, the dog still stays in the yard. Church, the power of sin has been turned off in your life. Don't fall for it. You are free. You don't have to feel the way that you used to. Remember that you have changed. If you stop and remember that you have changed, it will change your life. So Paul's first instruction is to stop and remember that you are changed. Second instruction is to go and live as if you have been changed. Stop and remember that you have been changed. Then go and live as if you have been changed. In Romans 6, 11 to 14, it says this. It says, in the same way, count yourselves did to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because... You are not under the law, but under grace. So often, this is where we start. We start with go, right? So often we give our life to Christ, and we say, here's the things that we need to go, we need to do. But first we need to stop and remember and understand what God has done for us. See, actions always follow belief. Belief ra- rarely follows actions. So often we begin to change our actions without really changing, w- without really remembering or understanding that we have been changed. See, you can't move from, to instruction two without following instruction one, right? If we begin to act before we remember, and understand that we've been changed. It just comes back to behavior modification. Paul says that count yourselves dead to sin but alive to Christ. It's an action. We must translate our knowledge that we have been changed into an action that we must live as if we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Arizona, nobody knows who Richard Walters is. It's okay because he was a homeless man in Phoenix, Arizona, who died with a net worth of $4 million. He was a retired man who gave up all of his material possessions and lived on the streets. See, it's possible to live in such a way that you deny what is actually true. It was true that he was a millionaire, yet he lived as if he wasn't. Paul is saying that we must understand that you have been set free. Remember that you are changed and begin to live your life knowing this is true. You have been set free from sin even though you may not feel like it is true. Another example, if I want to be the world's strongest man, right? I cannot just go into the competition. Well, I probably could, but I'd probably get really hurt if I tried to do that, right? If I tried to go join the world's world's strongest man competition, they would look at me and go, yeah, right. So, but anyhow, if we want to be the world's strongest man, I have to believe that I am the world's strongest man. And then I have to start living... Like I am the world's strongest man. I'd have to, I don't know, start with a diet, probably. Uh, Get healthy. I might have to pick up a weight or two. I might have to do workout routines or go to the gym. We have to believe, I'd have to believe that I could be or I am the world's strongest man. I have to, we have to believe that we are set free from sin. And then begin to look to the word of God who tells us how to be free from sin and how to live. We must believe that we can live as if we have been changed. We must live as if sin is dead in our lives. Paul says, count yourself dead to sin. And so often I hear Christians say that I keep falling into sin. I have an anger problem or I just tend to be a lustful person. I tend to to envy other people's possessions. It's almost as if we believe it so much that sin becomes part of our identity. It becomes part of who we are. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't do that. He says, count yourself dead to sin. Count yourself dead to sin. See yourself as dead to sin. And this is on the screen this morning. When you live as if you've been changed, you begin to identify sin as, se- as a separate entity that is trying to get control of you, rather than sin as part of who you are. Paul goes on to say in verses 12 to 14, he says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer your every, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but under grace. When we are tempted, we usually think, I want to do that, but God wants me to do this. Or, or, we, or we say, I want to do that, but the Bible says it's bad. Right? Like as believers. like That's our thought processes sometimes. It's as if we think it's us versus God, like what I want versus what God wants. But if you are in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit inside of you helps you make this decision. He gives you the power to make the right call in that moment. See, if you were asked later in the week if you really wanted to do this or that or think that thought or to say that thing, you would probably say no. Right? If I wake up this morning and I get into a fight with my wife and, you know, I say something that I shouldn't have. Later this week, if you were to ask me if I really wanted to say that, I would say, no, I probably really didn't want to say that. But in the moment, I say it. We have to stop identifying with sin as part of who we are and see it as a separate entity. That you are dead to sin, but you are alive in Christ through the Holy Spirit. See, when sin comes along and says, can I borrow your mouth? What do we say? Sure, right? Or, can I borrow your eyes? We say, "Uh, only for the weekend. Or, whatever it may be. We say, sure. And then later, we wish that we had not let sin borrow our eyes or our mouth. Paul says that when sin asks to borrow your eyes, when sin asks to borrow your mouth, when sin asks to borrow your hands, you have the power by the Holy Spirit to say no. To say no to sin. Sin, you do not reign in my body. You do not reign in my life. You are not part of me. The power of sin is dead, has been turned off in my life. And, and this is not the power of positive thinking, guys. This is the power of the Holy Spirit inside of each believer. To live like sin is dead in your life. Your sinful life died on the, on the cross with Jesus Christ. So live like the resurrection. Live like you are alive and you were given a new life. Live like you were born again by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of each one of us as believers, you have the power to resist sin. And you may say, Pastor Rob, I still don't feel like I'm free from sin. And last time I spoke, you heard me say this I don't care how you feel. I know some of you are laughing this morning. Because our, but our feelings are not always accurate. The reality is, the reality is, we are still tempted. But because you're a believer, because you're in relationship with Jesus, you have the power to live as if you've been changed. You have daily power to resist sin by the power given to you through the Holy Spirit at salvation and the ability to live a life of obedience to God. Sin says you still feel the same. You haven't changed. But God says you have changed. You have been set free. Sin says, see sin as separate from who you are and understand that you've been set free from its power. Sin shall no longer be your master. That's what it says right there in the scripture. So the first instruction is to Stop. And remember that you have been changed. The second instruction is to go and begin to live a life believing that you have been changed. And the third one is yield. Yield yourself to God. See, yellow doesn't mean try harder. See, oftentimes when we're driving a car, yellow means I really have to do my best to make it through this stoplight. That's not what yellow means. Yellow doesn't mean go faster, do more, try harder. It really means to yield, guys. It means to slow down. Take your time. Maybe you need to stop for a moment. And yield yourself to God. Romans 6.13 says this. It says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. And so oftentimes I hear Christians continue to say that they struggle with sin and maybe they remember that they have changed, right? Like maybe they stop and they remember they have changed or maybe they they go and they live as, as if they've been changed, but they say, I still struggle with sin. I still fight a strong battle. And I stop and I ask him this question. What are you feeling yourself with? What are you yielding yourself to? What do you yield yourself to? Paul says, don't offer yourself as an instrument of wickedness, but offer yourself to God as an instrument of righteousness. And this morning I, I have a little object lesson, right, to kind of like illustrate this for us. See, we are the sponge, right? We are this, we're this little sponge. And we become full of whatever we yield ourselves to. So when we give our lives to Christ, we're a new vessel, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we yield ourselves to God, how many of you guys know that when we yield ourselves to God, sometimes we begin to leak, right? Like we're pouring out into others. You know, sometimes we are, you know, life happens, and we aren't continuing to yield ourselves to God. And so we begin to leak. But we have the choice to continue to yield ourselves to the things of God or to stop and let it leak out and dry out. If we yield ourselves to the things of God, we yield ourselves to his word, to prayer, to community with other believers, to obedience to his word, to obedience to what he speaks to us, we become full. And then when the temptation of sin comes our way, there's no room for it to be inside of us. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, who's already inside of us, has given us clean water, and we're full of Him. There's no room for the temptation for us to give in to sin. There's no room for sin in our lives. The worship team, would you come this morning? Our minds are being renewed because we continue to yield ourselves to God. We live like we've been changed. We say no to sin because we continue to yield ourselves to God. And the Holy Spirit's power is inside of us. So oftentimes we yield ourselves to so many things that we have no time, we have no resource to or the ability to yield ourselves to God. And that's on the screen this morning. When we yield ourselves to God, when we then the temptation of sin comes when the temptation of sin comes our way, there's no room for it because we're already full of the Holy Spirit. What are you yielding yourself to this morning? You say, Pastor Rob, you don't know my life. You don't know my story. And to be honest with you, I don't need to know your story. I want to know your story. Don't get me wrong. I want to know what's going on in your life. But I don't need to know your story. Because in the end, it really doesn't matter. What Jesus did for you is all that matters. And because of the power of the Spirit that lives inside of you, you are a new person. Romans 6.14 says this. It says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but under grace. The law says that you have to do this. You have to act this way. You have to dress this way. And your freedom is based upon the things that you do and how you perform. Grace says that your freedom is found through what Jesus did on the cross. And that doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. This is a process. It's a daily remembering. It's a daily living and it's a daily yielding. Grace is going to cost you something. When we, look at the, when, we, when we look at the disciples and... When Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me, they yielded themselves. And they followed. But it cost them. It cost them their jobs. It cost them their livelihood. cost them their family cost them their pleasures to follow Jesus. But it's grace. Dietrich Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. It's grace because it's not just following. It's following Jesus. It costs God his only son. It costs Jesus his life so that you and I can be free from sin and walk in victory over sin. By stopping and remembering that you have been changed. By going and living as if you've been changed. But first and foremost, daily yielding ourselves to God. And today as the worship team, they're going to play this song and and they're going to sing. And I'm going to ask you guys to just remain seated for a moment. And let's take time at the end of this message, the beginning of this year, to yield ourselves to God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Let's pray this morning. First and foremost, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question. As we said in the beginning of the message that every one of us are on a different faith journey. Some of you may be here this morning or joining us online and you're still discovering faith. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you, do you have a relationship with Jesus? You may think that Christianity is all about being forgiven, but it's more than that. You can have a new life, a new start. And 2 Corinthians says, It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. I want to invite you this morning, if that's you and you say, I've never taken a step to have a relationship with Jesus or to start a relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you that Christ came to settle the relationship between you and God and to offer you a fresh start and forgiveness of your sins. So if that's you this morning, you say, oh, Pastor Rob, I'd like to do that this morning. You might say a prayer that, that would that would say that would go something like this Jesus, today I recognize I have sin in my life. I recognize that I'm separate from you. I repent of my sins. I confess my sins to you. Forgive me. I recognize that what you did on the cross, I recognize what you did on the cross for me. Come into my life. Give me a new life. I believe that you're my Savior, the one cr- true King of my life. And through you, I have victory over sin. It's in your name, amen. You know, this morning, if you say a prayer like that, it's not about the words that you pray. It's about the condition of your heart. And second church, we're all believers. In this, You're here this morning and you're a believer. Who do you choose to yield yourself to? What do you choose to yield yourself to? Father, we as believers yield our lives to you. We lay our sin that we struggle with at your feet. I'd like to give a challenge to you, church, this morning. Maybe you would go a little bit further and say, yeah, I yield my life, but you know, I really struggle with the things that I say. I, I struggle with saying the wrong thing, or I struggle with anger, and it comes out through my words. Maybe this morning you would say, I yield my mouth to you. Father, I yield my mouth to you to use as an instrument of righteousness. Take my lips, take my hands. And that's just one example. Maybe there's other areas of your life that you need to yield to God this morning. And as the worship team sings, would you take time and examine your heart? What are the areas that you need to yield this morning? What are the areas that you need to yield to God? What are the areas of sin that you struggle with? Would you take time and 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 do that as they as they sing this morning.